Hello, everybody. Gary Neeming, Bill Haston, sports columnist for the Tulsa World, back with you, courtesy of uh, the podcast on TulsaWorld.com, uh, the video, the vidcast, I should say. You can catch us visually. That way, uh, I think it's YouTube every now and then. The audio version podcast is on Google, Apple, and Spotify. Thank you very much for tuning in, however you choose to do so. Bill, I wore, this is, this was, uh, I don't often make wardrobe choices for a reason, but you'll see a, a and, and those who are watching will see a, a, a Nike mock tee. Uh, I don't know. I don't think anyone wears mock tees anymore because Larry Eustachie's not coaching anywhere, you know, major. And, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and I don't know how many people put the swoosh on the collar, but because we're going to talk about uh, the PGA upcoming at Southern Hills and golf and a certain someone who occasionally sports the, the swoosh, I, I thought I would, I would honor Eldrick Tiger Woods with the uh, the appearance of the of the Nike Mike T. So let's 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 see where we are with Tiger. He's well, coming. To, he's coming to Southern Hills. You're gonna you're gonna make that prediction for the masses right now, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it was I I, I wrote about uh, I wrote a PGA Championship related column about two weeks ago, and and I think I said that at that point I thought Phil Mickelson was a 50-50 guy for this tournament because of his controversy and he still hasn't really been not that he's suspended officially but the commissioner golf commissioner did say phil's not going to play again until he and i have a long talk well they still haven't had that long talk but i i think i at that in that same column garen i wrote that tiger being in tulsa considering the catastrophic nature of his right leg injuries and we're talking about walking 72 holes at Southern Hills, which ain't easy for a healthy person, uh, much less a 46-year-old guy with a history of back, knee, and now terrible car accident injuries. Uh, I thought it was 2%. And so now here we are only a couple of weeks later. And it, it here's the crazy thing, too, Garrett, is Mickelson's almost an afterthought. Is he not? I mean, Mickelson's a defending champion of the PGA Championship. We're not sure if he's coming, and no one seems too terribly stressed about that. But everybody's really super interested to know whether Tiger will be here. Right. So we've had, in 96, when Tiger uh, was a rookie, he had only a few weeks as a professional before the Tour Championship. You had to be in the top 30 on the money list to make that tournament. We didn't think we had any chance in the world of him being in the top 30 in just a matter of weeks, mm -hmm. like seven weeks or eight weeks to qualify for the tour championship. He needed to finish in a certain position, like in the Texas open to get to that 30th place at least. And he did it. And that changed everything here. And, and that it went, the tour championship almost became like a mini major because of Tiger Woods. Right. And, uh, so here we are, uh, you know, what I thought was a 2% chance. If Tiger holds up physically and if his scoring is respectable in Augusta this week, don't you think he'll be here? I mean, he's three mat, he's three shy of, of, of catching Jack, Nicholas, and time's running. And yeah. Six. He's the same age that Nicholas was when Nicholas won that famous 86 Masters. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the, the clock is running. So, and he does have a history. He won here in 07. Yeah. No, I and I know that Tiger's mind toward majors hasn't changed much. I, I don't think. I would imagine he still wants a, wants a few more trophies. 
competitive fire still rages. I, I get all that. But Bill, the thing I wonder about is alluding to the injuries you, you just spoke of, where I come, I, what I can't decide is do I come down on him playing four rounds at Augusta National takes so much out of him physically that he, he doesn't have it in him to get ready to turn around and play at Southern Hills. He would have six weeks. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, or, or, or does it, regardless of how he, how he scores, I'm just talking again about the toll physically it takes on him. Does, does he, does it medically make sense for him to, to turn around six weeks later and play the PGA when he might view an opportunity later in the summer at the U.S. or British Open, right? right? If he if he if he heals through P- the PGA that that we host, he might bypass and say, "Let's okay, I did okay, my body did okay, but it, I might do better if mm-hmm. I skip this for that." So that's that's what I can't decide. No, no, I'm I mean I'm thinking like uh, two weeks of recovery, of pure straight recovery after the Masters, two weeks of of training and then get ready to play here. But, but I mean, you may be right. I mean, keep in mind, I mean, his lower right leg was pulverized. It mm-hmm. was destroyed. It wasn't just fractured. It was, so I, I wish I hadn't done that. It's kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I guess I could talk about injuries. Uh, Cause yeah, I have, you can, uh, but uh, his, his right leg was pulverized. It was destroyed. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, this is all experimental. It just is for him and in every regard. Um, so I, I mean, obviously everybody hopes he, uh, makes the cut plays well and is actually a factor on Sunday. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but, there, but, but you know what to Garen, there's never going to come a time at which walking or moving it comes easy for him he's had too he's got too much scar tissue for that 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 ship sailed years ago for him and now the leg injury on top of everything else so um if he's really serious about about coming back and playing at least six or seven or eight events a year uh i think this is just the way it's going to be it's going to hurt like he said that yesterday it's just pain management at this point so um, so that's why I think there's a, a, at least a coin toss of a chance that he comes to Tulsa. Tulsa. But if you pull the patrons who are coming to the event and the folks connected to Southern Hills and the PGA, well, not, okay, Southern Hills, we'll think selfishly here just about Tulsa. And you ask, you could get, you can have Tiger or you can have Phil. You're saying that there's 95% would fall to Tiger on that. There's, no, there's I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying 100%. Really? Hundred percent, including the, from the PGA of America down. Now, would they actually admit to that? Say, would they say it? No, of course not. But from the network to the PGA of America to Southern Hills to the ticket holders to the people covering it, hundred percent. Okay. 100%. What are the chances? Plus, what Phil, Phil's kind of Phil's kind of nasty right now. Anyway, well, yeah, he's a little bit toxic. No, he is a lot toxic. Uh, what are, what are the chances we could have both? Oh man! Well, that'd be awesome. How about how about a Tiger Phil pairing on Thursday at the oh, PGA? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that! Oh, I, I bring it, man. Uh, PGA is always kind of the fourth 
Beetle, right? Yeah. Kind of the Ringo <laughs> of the majors. So the Ringo. Like, uh huh. So <laughs> why, why can't they pair Phil and Tiger and just say, hey, how do you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might as well dream big. So go from Ringo, go from Ringo to John Bonham if we're going to go with our rock uh, or, or Neil right. Pert, if we're going right. to stay with that Ooh. genre. Okay. Right. Um, so that is front. That's front and center. Everyone's mind. I get it. Uh, we'll 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 hear, won't he? And we'll we'll see what happens with the Masters this weekend. Um, other things in our sphere of influence. Well, spring football still happening. Um, Mike Gundy continues, even if they had to cancel practice because of a flu outbreak this week in Stillwater. Still talking uh, optimistically. Same for uh, the folks at Oklahoma. Uh, Bill, though, all of a sudden we look up and we see TU has its spring scrimmage. It's official. Uh, I don't know if it'll look any different than the one they just had Saturday, but. TU is get is uh get to the finish line. Yeah. Well, my memory. So what's uh any anything here anything you hear that's that's worth mentioning regarding the hurricane? Uh only, you know, that Davis Bren has has got a apparently yeah. a minor wrist injury and because he's the only proven veteran quarterback on the roster, you don't risk anything, so he probably won't play uh Saturday uh at all. But no, I mean the the best report like I talked to a couple of guys Saturday at, at that Larry Eggie event, uh, which was amazing, and uh, about TU football. And, you know, they both said exactly kind of what you always hear every spring from any camp is that the best thing we've had come out of it is more reps for young guys and nobody's gotten hurt, really gotten hurt. So that's what I got. That was the report I got. And I got a great report on Owen Ostrowski that he has really – he is in a completely different place today versus, you know, where he was during the fall and that he's ready to be on the field and ready to show why he was the Oklahoma player of the year. That would be helpful. No doubt. For a It'll, team. Be fun. It'll be fun to watch him play. Yep. Well, it's a great, yeah, locally it's a great story mm -hmm. uh, from, from a standpoint of TU doing some, a little bit of rebuilding from last year. That's it's a helpful one for Montgomery. The vibe still good on Eric Conkle. Transit is moving over to T basketball. Yeah, two thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, every thumb is up so far. Uh, I know you, you wrote a, and you wrote about how it's jump it's jump started something beyond basketball. I think right with Rick Dixon and Fun, yes, Parker sir. over yeah. there. Uh, yep, yeah, Garen fundraising, uh, Hurricane Club donations. Uh, I'm sorry, Hurricane Club memberships, um, and the timing of all this feel good. Uh, stuff is coincides with the uh, Hall of Fame weekend, which TU really smartly has moved away from football season and has it be a standalone event when there's not a lot going on. So there's the gala Friday night and the Hall of Fame uh, induction banquet in, in which uh, Tubby Smith, I guess, in my mind, anyways, the headliner. Uh, uh, so no, they have great, you know, a year ago, ORU wins two games in the, uh, NCAA tournament gets a uh, big donation uh, that resulted from that Sweet 16 run. And because of that, now they are full bore into the construction of the Mike Carter Center, which when finished is going to be eye-popping. It's going to be beautiful right there near the media entrance at the Maybe Center. And it's bigger than I envisioned when they first showed me the drawings it, it's gonna be so now so that's like manna from heaven you win twice in the tournament and somebody writes you a big check well this is different but the same 
with TU, you know, is not one signature giant donation that I know of anyway, but a lot of people are kind of back in the fold and say, you know, I, I sense that there's some hope now. I was so impressed by this guy and that introduction event. I want to get back involved. Uh, one guy said, I, I'm back. I've been disconnected for a few years. I'm back. I'm, I rejoined the Hurricane Club at the gold level, and I'm bringing others with me. And that was his message to Rick Dixon. So, uh, and for, to, to use credit, I mean, they added staff at a time when a lot of other people are cutting staff, but they added staff to uh, market and sell tickets. And, you know, they're making 400 calls a week to try to sell tickets, and they're getting results. So I like Rick, when Rick and I talked last week, I said, well, you only had really two options. Just go crawl in the hole and quit or do what you're doing because the status quo obviously wouldn't work. But it goes back to something Nixon, I remember saying, oh God, when he, well, when he became, when he took, when we knew for sure the interim was off and he was going to stick around a while. What, what Dixon was able to convey was that his meetings with those higher up at the university convinced them that, we need to think in terms of the, the athletic department, the athletic wing, helping the situation here, not hurting it, not not being a, a you know, a, a, a giant rock around our foot uh, or that we're dragging around. So if he's able to if, he, if, if that continues to be the argument, it makes sense that, that he's able to, to sort of go against the grain and, and add staff. Um, Garen, but, OU in 2000, Joe Castiglione rolls out the most ambitious, aggressive fan fundraising campaign in the history of OU the night before the Nebraska game, the night before. And he was told, this is not a good idea. What if we lose? And Joe said, what if we win? If we win, this is going to go really well. And it did. And they won and it did. And, and, they, and Joe raised money well beyond the target amount. And that's what led to the 03 stadium uh, renovation among other things on campus and then osu wins the big 12 championship in 2011 and the result was overwhelmingly the largest freshman class uh the next spring that they've ever had uh and, and kyle ray the uh, enrollment guy over at osu says there's no doubt football m had a massive impact on that class that record-breaking class so and then look at ORU. uh with what's going on over there with facilities and, and, uh, and good grief. They were, their student section every game this year was full of kids. Uh, so TU just needs, you know, some good fortune, but also, uh, you know, they had to kind of get off the mat and make something yep. happen. And that feels like what they're doing now. I brought up Eric Conkle at Tulsa. Another college basketball topic I want to make sure we cover is Kansas winning the title Monday night. And really, Bill, as it relates to Bill Self, a guy that we both know pretty well, obviously a lot of folks in Stillwater know well and still like a lot. It, it was interesting coming away from KU's run through the, through the tournament and, and getting that second title for Self, balancing that with the, you know, the, you can't get away from it related to Oklahoma State. Five level one violations for the right. same, basically on the same subset of, of problems. For that program at Kansas, one, for the program in Stillwater, Kansas plays through the season into the tournament, wins the tournament, wins the championship, whereas the Cowboys, and I know they went 500 overall, wouldn't have been a tournament team. I get that. Covered it in the column today. But uh, 
has has the opportunity to play in the tournament cut out from under them November 3rd, right before they, they essentially go to work for this season. And so i fascinated still as to how folks over in Stillwater again feel about this is what I'm getting to. I talked to Mike Boynton yesterday about it. It became a column. He, as usual, enunciated uh, eloquently, I thought, his thoughts. Um, but what about the fan base and, and others connected to, to Bill and, and to OSU basketball, how they feel? What do you think? Yeah, well, I think younger fans are they're not conflicted at all. They're bitter and angry about it. Older fans are probably a little bit conflicted because they they really like uh, Bill Self and the Self family. And uh, you know, I mean, there was a couple of attempts, one in one for sure, uh, to you know to bring Bill down here. I mean, Holder Mike Holder tried to hire Bill Self, which you know you can't score if you don't shoot and so mike holder shot a shot and, and it, but but no trust me I, I i thought about that really the whole tournament but especially during final four weekend is that you know on the strength of of kansas resisting and fighting back and dragging this out the way they did in spite of having five times like you say five times more transgressions than osu had Five level ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, but you know what? Ultimately, it's just a statement about the ridiculousness of the NCAA. It really is what it is. Right, and and that's, yeah, that's what Boynton was getting at. I, I'm not really mad at Kansas. I mean, the, the, right. the, the, they, by, by, by letter of the law, they committed a crime, obviously. Uh, but it, the real, the real crime, I think, has been just the, the way the, the the term was the way this this has all been adjudicated through the court through the first of all the federal courts, but then also through um, the infractions courts related to the NCAA. It's insane the disparity, and it's insane that the timeline. I'm not even sure if you asked if you asked whether rather connected to Kansas, Oklahoma State, or any other program. If you went up to them and asked, what was the KU what was the KU what was it about even mm-hmm. who's gonna who's gonna remember? What players were involved, what coaches were involved. It's been, it's, we're not talking months, it's been years now. Years, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even, I can't even bring myself to say OSU committed a violation. Lamont Evans committed a violation. There you go. Right. Uh, there you go. And so, I mean, it, it's like if, if I robbed a bank and police can't find me, but they go find my son and lock him up or, or find my son and, yeah. and, and prosecute him. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's 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 ridiculous, and the NCAA is such an antiquated, broken model. Um, you know, I would love to look ahead ten years and see where we'll be with regard to to what kind of body is going to govern. Uh, actually, I'm looking forward to just a few weeks to see who's going to govern the Big Twelve. But but to see how college athletics are governed, and and if. The last year and a half or so has been mind blowing. I mean, who knows what it's going to look like in ten years from now? But got any ideas? Can't be this NCAA brick and mortar, uh, right? Pretender of a of a monolith in Indianapolis uh, calling the shots. That that well, I nearly said a bad word. That doesn't work. No, not with the landscape changing, especially the way it is. Hey, you mentioned uh, Big Twelve commissioner real quick. Bob Bowlesby announcing yesterday he's going to step aside at the end of his. This, this, I guess he's going to stick around long enough for there to be a successor identified. I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly what his timeline is going to be. Um, 
what's more important right now? What, what Bullsby's legacy in terms of the Big 12 or what the Big 12 does next? Oh, well, I mean, I was thinking about candidates and, and who, what kind of person would be best in that job considering the climate and what's most important. I'm not so sure you don't need to go find a, 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 somebody with a career in television uh, to come in and, and govern that league. And, and of course, have, have deputies in, in a cabinet who can handle uh, anything that that person might not be equipped to handle, uh, but, but somebody to navigate the conference through the television waters and somebody who knows that business and has first-name relationships in that world. Interesting. And, uh, no, I just think it's, I'm not saying that is the absolute, but mm -hmm. some, you need to consider it because of the importance of yep. me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100, 100%. Yeah, the, the, days of, the days of the football coach being the athletic director are over and the days of the traditional athletic director being the conference commissioner are probably over, right? By the, by the same thing. I mean, like if you told me that Joe Stiglione's interested in that job, I'd say, you know, bring it on. That he's at least had third tier right negotiation experience, right? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, plus, I just think Joe Castiglione's the smartest guy in the room pretty much every time, every room he's in. So, you, you think you, his name would have appeared everywhere yesterday when Bullsby's news dropped had it not been for where Oklahoma's headed? I mean, obviously, they're they're, they're not considering it when it's not going to be here. I'm not suggesting Joe should, no, no, it. no, but I know, but had, had that like not Joe if they weren't. That's that's what I'm saying. If that wasn't a if that wasn't a story, would have Castiglione have been the first name out of everyone's mouths? Um, one of the first, maybe. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. I heard a lot of Oliver Luck. Heard uh, president at, uh, the chancellor at Texas Tech, Linda Livingstone, the OSU alum, who's now the president at Baylor, has come up. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, so but yeah, out of the box is not the worst. That's I kind of like what you're saying about at least media right experience. Or market experience, like like whoever the uh, uh, the czar of college football programming is at ESPN, I I I would make a meeting with that person tomorrow or yeah. as soon as possible, and, and, and ask that person, uh, a who should we who should we if you look ahead ten years, who should what kind of person should we have in that in that role, and b would you be interested in that role? <laughs> No, I'm serious. Uh, no, right. I for think sure. TV is such a, is such a, a, a driving force. You know, it's not a driving. It is the driving. Mm -hmm. uh, that it, you, you, it might be a bold play to bring somebody in from from the media business to yeah. run this. So we'll see. Hey, best for last. Literally, uh, your your piece on Larry Agee's service uh, memorial, however you want to term it, celebration. Let's let's call it what it was. It was a celebration. All of that. Yeah, it was all of that. Yeah, it's best thing it's been in the section this week because that was probably one of the best events that's happened around Tulsa in a, in a long time. I want you to um, tell us anything that that either didn't make your your column or, or that's that would still ring with a lot of people that would sort of paint a picture of what Aggie was, what Larry was about. And the effect he had on people. It was just so interesting that there was such a cross-section of med medical professionals who all kind of had their party over here. And then there was a lot of sports media people who kind of gathered in the middle of the room and watched the basketball. And then at the other end were a lot of uh, retired coaches, current coaches, and, and uh, 
So you, it just, his reach was just like crazy. I mean, you know, it, it, so, and, and so many people came from great distances uh, to be there. So he, he was, um, you know, like, like a couple of our editors who didn't know Larry Aggie and I was trying to explain last week, you know, I'm going to write on this and I'm going to attend and it, it's going to be significant because he's a really well-known guy, but they never, they don't know Larry Aggie and they never met him. So it was kind of hard to explain mm-hmm. how he became so famous and how he became so renowned and so well-known. So I'm like, well, he never played ball here. He never coached here. And yet he's one of the most well-known Tulsa sports figures of all time. Mm-hmm. And which makes no sense. I understand, but, but it's true. It's, it's true. Everybody, everybody in the Tulsa sports business knew Larry Aggie, um, who was 71, passed away on March 21st, uh, was with EOC slash advanced orthopedics for four decades, former roughnecks trainer. Um, I guess Larry was at EOC about 35 years, but, uh, you know, and, and he was the king of hospitality of all time in Tulsa. There's no doubt about that. He was uh, Don King referred to him as Harry Carey, which there's some that's a good comparison. He used to sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" every year at the Driller Games. He did karaoke all over town and was amazing uh, at doing Johnny Cash. Uh, but it, you know, it all started with him being an athletics trainer. Mm-hmm. But he just had this wildly colorful, bold, crazy personality, and uh, so you know. He made a million friends, and um, I guess my favorite story was the one Don King shared with me about when Eggy and a bunch of TU people were in New York for the NIT, and they go into Gallagher's Steakhouse in Manhattan and end up go from being ignored, couldn't even get a drink, to uh, basically dominating the bar the rest of the night because of Eggy, of course. And <laughs> I bet you, I you know, I. I, sh- I bet I'm not too terribly uh, wrong on this guess, but I bet he, I bet he, his lifetime spending on drinks for other people amounted to $2 million. I'm not kidding. Think about it. 35 years, unlimited expense account. Everywhere he went, he picked up the tab. So I don't know that it, if it's an exaggeration, it may, it may not be an exaggeration by much. He was just a really interesting guy. And yeah. So that was it. And like I tried to emphasize, that was not a, a, a party that was in addition to a, a conventional uh, memorial service. Mm-hmm. That was the memorial service. Mm-hmm. We watched the final four games. We had barbecue. There were drinks. And uh, four, they called it 400 people. Al Jerkins and I kind of agreed it was more like 500 people oh. in that suite, uh, the One Oak Club. And uh, but everywhere you looked were people you somebody you hadn't seen in 20 years. So that was interesting. But and I thought, there's your first sentence right there, big guy. He did even 12 days after he passed away, he did what he did for 40 years. He brought people together for a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So well, easiest you, lead ever. If you haven't read it, read it. Uh it's it'll it'll make you feel better about a lot of stuff that's going on in the world. And uh will give if you don't have insight into what kind of figure Larry Eggie was in this community, Bill's column will uh, will drive that home with a sledgehammer. It was uh, it was really well done. 
and a, and a very touchy night for a lot of people. Very important night for a lot of people. So that's 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 way cool. All right, man. Um, we'll get together next week. See how Tiger held up at Augusta. Maybe continue to the discussion about the man, weekend. You know, I just Garrett, if he gets through the weekend and if he feels even if he does, even if he let's say he he struggles with his scoring tomorrow, but has a really kind of a special Friday, but misses the cut. And if he but if he comes out of it feeling good about what he did over those two rounds, I'm going to feel pretty good about him coming here. I think I think I think he'll be motivated in part because he did win on this course 15 years ago. Um, because he and everybody else know that they know that Tulsa in May is 20 degrees cooler than Tulsa in August. Uh, and it's the next major. And I just think he's driven 100% by that pursuit of 18 majors. And he, he's at 15. So I don't know. We'll see. We will see. All right. Have a good week, Bill. We'll uh, And everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for watching on TulsaWorld.com, listening courtesy of Google, Apple, and Spotify.